Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 132 of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry. Swan is with me this week. Swan, how are you doing, buddy? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Good to hear. I am so excited to be back for this week. We got a bunch of news that we have got to get into, but before we do that, we start every episode out with Flying Blind, and we are doing just that. Swan, you have a sample of this Flying Blind with you. What do you think about the news? It's good. It's kind of like cinnamon, sweet. Mm. I'm getting like a toasted marshmallow on the nose. Mm. Yeah. Little bit of tobacco. Little bit of tobacco. Eggo waffles. Ooh, yeah, there is some syrupiness to it. Golly, that's a good nose. Oh. Yup. Yup. Just the right amount of heat. That's good. Mm. This would have more of a hug if it was your first drink. Unfortunately, it is not. <laughs> yeah, you're you're off today, so you. Uh, <laughs> Listen, and, you can't drink all day unless you start in the morning, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> and to be to be quite fair, I did come over to see you for a couple minutes today, and um, try this, try this, try yes, this. Yes, exactly. Tradition, man. You got to. No, this is really good. I enjoy this. I hope. It's something affordable, because I would drink this pretty regularly, I have a feeling. Well, Swan, I figured it was only appropriate that we drink this particular whiskey. Oh, is it related to the news? It's a little bit related to the news. And when I say a little bit, I mean a lot, because this Mm -hmm. is the early times bottled and bond. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were just in all the news this morning. Yeah. We will talk about that a little bit later um because i have some thoughts i have some feelings uh, i don't want to get too much into it right now uh, but i'm i yeah harboring some strong opinions i see look i there are many things going through my mind at this moment and i will try my best to record all of them so we will certainly see but before we get there what have you been drinking recently? I took a hiatus, like a week and a half off of drinking. It's like the and, opposite of what I just did. <laughs> yeah. And so I just kind of chilled out, detoxed. And then yesterday we went and they had barbecue. And they're like, yeah, if you want some bourbon, go ahead. And I look in the, the cabinet and he's got two things. He's got a bottle of Blanton's and a, a bottle of Maker's RC6. <laughs> And oh, I this was is, like, this is on the uh, on the lady side, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and he also had some like Woodford four grain uh, from like years ago. I don't know. Either way, the RC six was open. Your boy went at it. I mean, it was <laughs> it was maker's glass with the wax on the bottom. The RC six was in there. I just kept filling it up to the same line, so they thought it was the same pour over and over. It wasn't. It was so good. <laughs> but that's about it. I mean, that's okay. I, I basically just had like a smorgasbord of different things while I was on vacation last week, which, by the way, I, I haven't I haven't brought this up yet, but I'm like, I'm tanned to the point of discomfort. Like, <laughs> I got way too much sun um, this Last week, this uh, our our sponsor this week might be uh, 
use sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that could be your tips and bits is use, use sunscreen. Yeah. That's not, not inaccurate. No. I, I did that. I did that for what was supposed to be episode 132 that wound up on Patreon um, with the, the extended family. So you can go and listen to that if you'd like to. It's always a fun sunburn when you're like radiating heat. Yeah, it's it feels great. Anyway, so um, (laughs) we we had a a limited selection in Florida. Um, I originally had some bottles that I was going to be bringing along, but um, we had a car that didn't wind up making it uh, making a trip rather to Florida. So I had to kind of improvise. I wound up buying a uh, handle of Evan Williams bottled and bond while we were down there that got killed nice. uh, a Knob Creek's uh, single barrel not not a pick just the regular uh, single barrel that got killed um, had a little bit of uh, Elijah Craig that got killed um, <laughs> we drank a lot last week we we drank we drank a lot last week. Oh, I, we okay. I thought you drank oh, all no, no, that. No, no, I was no, like, no, oh no, my no. god. No 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 no. That that yeah, was yeah. No, that's that was the that's family a good time. as well. <laughs> yeah. But we um I I also you know was in the mood for something a little bit lighter of course because you don't want to always drink like you know straight bourbon in the Florida heat. Um, so I had some of the uh, I I had a couple gin and tonics. Um, I had some like fun beachy rum drinks as well uh-huh. you know but the highlight i had two highlights uh that i drank last week the first one i uh, was an anniversary bottle that was dumped on mine and lucy's uh, wedding anniversary last year uh, i managed to get a uh, like a 200 mil bottle um mm-hmm. packed away in the in our checked baggage um i i shared it in our facebook messenger chat um, but I duct taped <laughs> the cork around the, the top so that it wouldn't leak in the, in the, the suitcase on the way down. Um, but it, it made it, it was delicious. Um, and it's <clears throat> going right back up, uh, onto the shelf until next year. Uh, and yeah. then the other one, and we'll talk about this a little bit before we get into the news as well, was the final blend of Beagle Rare. Um, <clears throat> Matt Porter, ADHD whiskey, sent all of us who participated in uh, the Beagle Rare blending process uh, a sample bottle to try. And or I was supposed to be uh, a part of the live stream that happened this past Saturday night. Unfortunately, I was not able to uh, make it because we were getting in uh, from our flight so late. And let me tell you... <clears throat> It was a very, very special bourbon or whiskey, rather. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was blown away by how good it was. Um, it's I, just a curated infinity bottle. I mean, it is yeah. just wild to think about that as a concept, much less from the amount of people it got sent to. Oh, yeah, for sure. Nuts. I mean, the, the list of folks, I mean, you know, of course, Chad and Sarah from his bourbon night, Scotch Test Dummies, Bourbon Junkies, Mash and Drum. Um, golly, I, I can't even remember bourbon lens. I, the podcast, um, shoot, uh, I whiskey, she wines. I mean, there's just so many different channels and, and content creators that I got sent to. And it honestly, I mean, Dixon put the magic touch on it. 
it was it was yeah. really nice. I uh, that the, this is going to be the last thing we talk about before we hop into the news. But Matt, I uh, also hosted his like wrap up live stream for the uh, for the Beagle Rare uh, bottle this past Saturday night. Uh, the two hundred milliliter bottle of the final blend that was being auctioned mm-hmm. off for charity went for six hundred dollars. Wow. And that is impressive. And that bottle also was uh that that amount was matched um by the person's employer. Um so basically twelve hundred dollars. And then with all the other raffles that Matt had going on, it was a total of like thirty seven hundred dollars. All of that going to St. Jude's. So that's amazing. It's it's incredible. And I just can't believe that I was even able to be a part of something uh, this cool. <clears throat> and I know that I wasn't, you know, a huge part of it. But of course, um, I do have a lot uh, emotionally invested, I feel like, in this. And it was just. It was so cool to see how it all wrapped up. And I'm so thankful that Matt wanted to include me and that everybody responded so well to it and that you know, Dixon Deadman freaking was included in it too. And that he was happy about yeah. it. And, um, it, it was, it was a great experience and I'm excited for the next round of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, products that are supposed to come from the old charter distillery. Um, <laughs> Eagle rare batch two. Uh, apparently the next round's going to be called shark tank. Oh man. And I don't know what that entails. So <laughs> hopefully a knockoff Mark Cuban. That's all we can hope for. Oh, dress up a cigar to look like Mark Cuban. <laughs> mm. Good joke there. Anyway. Yeah. All right, Swan, that has been flying blind. You ready to uh, get into some of the news? Yeah. And there is so, um, it, it, excuse me. Oh, Curtis. Hello? Yeah, what's up, Curtis? Oh my gosh. In the house. Curtis is I back. Made it. Where have you been? I made it back. <laughs> I've been everywhere. I've been getting married. I've been in Florida. I've been to and fro. You name it. You were you were in Lexington, and then you're in Cincinnati, and then you're in Florida, and you know you're back in Cincinnati, and I'm just it's it's good to it's good to see you, Curtis. Yeah, it's good seeing you guys. Kurt, I'm going to put you on the <laughs> good spot. Good to be drinking bourbon. I'm going to put you on the spot before we get into the news. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I got to know this. Because, I mean, you can leave this for your tips and bits, but I, I got to know it at some point today. Gold Star Skyline. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not even a dis- It's not even, like, close, and it's Skyline Chili. Okay. All the way. Okay. I can get behind that. Yeah, Skyline for sure, man. I'm going to take a, a I'm going to give a, a hot take here. Neither. <laughs> See, fast food, fast food chili. <laughs> no, I sir. know. I know a lot of people who say neither and they're just wrong. So. <laughs> you know what I like when I go and eat fast food to not have to deal with the tail end of it um, and know uh, that that's what's going to be coming. Okay. Afterwards. Oh, I can understand that. Have you had the conies though? The cheese conies? With the... mm. I'm just not. Good. I, I'm not a big. I'm not a big coney dog guy. 
Listen, okay. any place All that serves oyster crackers is a friend of mine. I will take those bite-sized little things of joy and eat them constantly. Yeah, but that's and eat, like, every every little bowl that they give you. <laughs> exactly. Swan, that's just because that's the easiest cracker to get fit in your beak. Exactly. Well, and also when I was a kid, I used to, like, punch a little hole in it and then put one little dab of hot sauce and then eat it and then just do that over and over again. That sounds like... Oh, you only did that as a kid? <laughs> yep, Exactly. <laughs> That sounds like I will do so it again much if given the chance. Also, I will flip that, and if you don't like cheese conies, then you have to try the Cholito. <laughs> Excuse me, what? Is that a chili burrito? <laughs> yes, and you can, <laughs> you can get beans, sour cream with chili. It's so good. I... All right, fine. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Which will double down the tail end of what you were talking about. <laughs> but still, really good. It's gonna give me the bad news. I, I here's what yeah. here's what I'll do. I will I will try it this week. You have my word. And next week I'll come back and report on my experience with the ch- chorito 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 chorito. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I make these promises to you people? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to I'm gonna, excited to hear your review. Um, Anyways, about the news. I want a nose palette finish price. <laughs> it smells like regret. <laughs> yes. All right. How about some news for you? Um, Swan, you know this because this was our uh, this was our flying blind this week. We did this for a specific reason. Sazerac, this is the big news of the week, by the way. Sazerac has uh, purchased Early Times from Brown Foreman. This is a huge move. I, f- I have not seen, I feel like, a, a purchase this big in bourbon since we've been doing the podcast. Am I wrong? No, I think this is definitely one of the bigger ones. The thing that really, I think, was smart for them is Early Times recently has felt like it's been picking up some steam. So they're getting it, you know, while it's not unpopular, it's not as popular as I think it could be. So that early times Baldwin and Bond, they're snagging it at a good time. So here, I I have a couple of feelings about this. Um, my first reaction was a negative one. I was not necessarily that excited about it. And that was simply because of how much I love regular early times Baldwin and Bond. Or what what will have been at some point the past version of it that came from Brown Foreman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what this means for the production, uh, whether it's going to go to Buffalo Trace or Barton um, or another distillery entirely. Um, I don't know what this means for the mash bill. You know, is, is it going to be something that, you know, say it does go to go to Barton, um, are they going to be basically recreating that mash bill? Or are they going to be putting their own spin on it? Uh, what are they going to do with the age? I can't imagine that it's much older than four years. Um, I haven't found anything that's said uh, otherwise. But I, I am, I'm curious what's going to happen just with the general quality of Early Times Bottled and Bond once it makes that leap uh, over to a Sazerac-owned uh, distillery. The other question I have is, why did the? I mean, I, I I realize that 
this, is, you know, it's not something that happened overnight. And this is something that is actually not even going to be uh, finalized until later in the summer. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, next week the new Early Times Bottle and a Bond is going to be out on shelves. Well, like, it's not going to be replaced. Um, or the, the old one's not going to be replaced. My question is, was it something that Brown Foreman was looking to offload? Did they put it up for sale? Or was Sazerac, did they see it and go, we need that? I think it would probably be Sazerac saying we need that. They need an affordable bottled and bond that's on the shelf right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the, it's been picking up steam. It's it really has been, you know, a well talked about uh, bourbon. So I think that makes sense on it, what you're saying, Swan. Yeah, and it makes me wonder. Like I'm trying to find it right now, and I'm not finding much information. But. Is the distillery that they're making this at, is it just early times? Like, is there anything else? Maybe they'll just keep producing exactly where they're from. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't it depend on who own, who the parent company of the distillery is? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's, I guess so. that's the thing. Like, when, you know, I, when Buffalo Trace bought the, the rights to uh, the E.H. Taylor brand... From or the Taylor brand in general, uh, from Jim Beam, it wasn't still made at, at Jim Beam. It was made at Buffalo Trace. So, and and I mean, yes, that was you know Sazerac and, and whatnot. So it just it makes me wonder where that production is going to wind up being. I don't think that it's going to stay. I, I would be really really surprised, honestly, if it stayed at uh, a Brown Foreman owned distillery. It just doesn't it doesn't well, seem to make sense to me. It seems like that Brown Foreman's been a little hands off with it because it like just reading through here, it says early times and Canadian mist have been valued brands in our portfolio for many years. They have played a significant roles in our company's history. But I mean, it seems like it seems like that they're just housed in that one building. Just those two things. Yeah. So maybe that's they what just, I was kind of saw, too. Yeah. Maybe and they also, just outright bought the distillery, too. I think one note also that I found interesting was why they decided to on the 160th anniversary of early times. It is very strange. I I noticed that too. Not that like, I, I, you know, obviously I don't think that every anniversary has to be celebrated like that. And, you know, for an early times bottle, really it's not, it's not something major, major, but also it's, it's still a good note to have, and you would think that that would, that would build some even more mm-hmm. momentum on what it's been getting. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, my, my main takeaways from this are that I'm concerned about what the, the product's going to look like in a year or so and <laughs> what the price is going to be. I mean, it's not like Sazerac doesn't have a history of price gouging on allocated products but i don't know man i honestly don't know do you think that we'll see more expressions from early times or or less i wouldn't say less considering there's only two i mean i i thought there was three is there a third don't they have that weird one that's like a bunch of numbers early times some uh, it was like 254 354 or something like that 
And it's in kind of a Knob Creek looking bottle. I don't know. That's a good question. They may not still make it, but I thought they had one. Well, I mean, I know that they, I know that they had like an anniversary, a special anniversary bottle that came out at one time. So if you had to, say, just like put a price on what you think it would be after the transaction and the new bottles have come out, what do you think that would be? Uh, I mean, what is it sitting? Uh, What's it at right like now? Twenty five, I think. Yeah. You thinking like 35, 30? I I wouldn't be surprised to see them have this compete with the early time or the um, Heaven Hill bottle and bond. Knock it up to okay. about forty. Yeah. I, for I'm, I don't. I would not be happy if it got to. If it got up to forty. I think that you know what you were saying, Swan, is that. You know they're they're trying to. If this, if what we're we're postulating is that they're trying to get a more affordable <clears throat> bottle and bond product out uh, from one of their distilleries, and the early times bottle and bond was that answer, I feel like forty dollars is not necessarily at, that affordable. No, no, it's not. So I the- I would hope that it would stay in the thirty dollar range. All right, let's uh, let's get rolling. I. Couple of uh, unfortunate uh, announcements uh, in in the wake of coronavirus. Of course, uh, we can are continuing to see uh, pushbacks or cancellations. Uh, in this case, Rare Bird, Rare Bird. Sorry, Dave. Um, <laughs> Railbird, rather, uh, in its second year got canceled, uh, and that was the festival that was out at Keeneland. Um, th- this would have been their yeah, like this would have been their second year. Um, Mm-hmm. Kurt, did when did you know about this? Uh, I actually did not hear about this until uh, everyone oh. else heard about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's mostly because we've been, you know, we're not in office and we're all working remotely. So I think that was a decision that was made, um, you know. Sure. It, it's information that I didn't really need to know. Um but yeah, I, I found out the same time you guys did, and uh, yeah, I mean it makes sense. You know, we're we're we. Are, I anticipate that we're going to be hearing more of these cancellations. Oh, I'd be inter- interested to see uh, like Bonnaroo. I feel like that one's uh, going to be canceled probably here mm-hmm. soon too, if it not if it hasn't already, uh, because they're all handled by the same uh, yeah. company. Honestly. I- Bonnaroo and Railbird. And Bonnaroo is earlier in the year than uh, Railbird is too, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm honestly... Go ahead, sorry. With Railbird, though, uh, just in tying it to to Bourbon a little bit, they had quite a few experiences and highlighting a lot of the Kentucky bourbons and just Kentucky traditions in general. So uh, definitely sucks, but... You know, well, and I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that. Yeah, and and honestly, I'm I'm surprised that we hadn't heard that they were going to cancel the festival earlier, especially since it's been about a month now since I, uh, gosh, maybe it's been two months. I don't know. Time has lost all meaning still uh, since Bourbon and Beyond uh, got canceled, and that's a festival that wouldn't take place until September. The other thing too is that speaking of the Bourbon aspect of of Railbird. 
they uh, also included in their email that there are going to be different ways now for people to still purchase the the bourbon selections that would have been available at the festival um, and were were uh, picked with in conjunction with uh, Justin's House of Bourbon. Mm-hmm. So th- those are still going to be available. It's not going to go to waste by any means. Uh, but there, I mean, you're right. There is that experience that, <clears throat> excuse me, isn't going to uh, be there anymore that, you know, is so much fun to go out and drink some bourbon and listen to music uh, in in that setting. Anyway, I knew, yep. knew it was going to happen at some point, just wasn't sure when. Um, so, and, and on that note, in terms of other events getting shifted around a little bit, uh, the Kentucky Bourbon Festival uh, has moved its uh, its dates um, back 30 days uh, to October 15th through the 18th. Um, I kind of forgot that this <laughs> had been pushed back anyway to September, uh, and then somebody said that it was getting pushed back again to October. What's interesting about this is the, the festival uh, has taken on new leadership this year, uh, and they're going to be totally changing the way that uh, the festival is actually put on. So I, I know that I am, I'm probably not going to be going to that, <laughs> to be quite honest with you, especially considering it's going to be like basically a week or two after my daughter's born. Um, so <laughs> can't imagine that that's going to happen. Um, but yeah. I am interested to see what uh, what those changes are going to look like. And even in their press release, they said that they're using these extra 30 days to help themselves out with planning, uh, that they're going to give themselves more time and, and uh, you know, make the event even better. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like uh, come October. Um, maybe we can send one of you guys to go report on site. <laughs> Okay. There we go. <laughs> Just to give you a video of me honking at people. <laughs> that would, Don't feed them. That would be a sight for sure. Yeah. There's also another uh, event, another festival that was originally going to be happening, I guess, in August? Like May? I thought it was like May last was it, year. Oh, I thought it was... I'm pretty sure it was August because it was after I... It was after I left my job. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Sometime this year. <laughs> yeah. I, Bourbon on the Banks, which was a really cool festival uh, that was in Frankfort, Kentucky, along the uh, along the Kentucky River. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry, I don't know why I blanked on that. Uh, they have pushed uh, their festival back as well to October 24th. Um, They've got some stuff they've added in this year. I'm kind of excited to, to maybe go to that. Uh, what, all, what all have they added in, Swan? Fill me in here. Well, specifically, like, so they've got the Bourbon on the Banks Street Festival. They did that last year. The Bourbon on the Banks Festival itself, they did last year. But this year it says Bourbon on the Banks Fine and Rare Bourbon Auction. Oh. So they're doing a bourbon auction uh, with, with, I hope I don't pronounce this, Renee True. Master bourbon auctioneer, so specifically a bourbon auctioneer. <laughs> okay, Didn't realize so, that's a thing cool. existed. Yeah, kindly donated by our distillery friends. The auction provides the fun f- funds for downtown Frankfurt. Okay, cool, interesting, cool. 
I, yeah, I yeah. honestly had no idea about that. We, of course, uh, were fortunate enough to get to know the folks at, uh, at Bourbon on the Banks last year, and we had a lot of fun going to, to that festival. So, again, mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether or not I would be able to attend that this year. Um, but very cool, nonetheless. Glad that they are still uh, trying to make something happen in lieu of everything uh, that's going on in the world. Speaking of what's going on in the world, oh, man, this is the heavier part of the, of the show this week. Um, we knew that with all of the issues uh, in our world with racial injustice, eventually it was going to get to the bourbon community. And sure enough, it has, but we're going to try our best to talk about the positive aspects of it. One of those positive aspects uh, is this new initiative that has come from Jack Daniels and Uncle Nearest, um, which is called the Na- the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative, uh, which is being used to further diversity in the whiskey industry. Um, and they had pledged $5 million uh, to create uh, the Nearest Green School of Distilling. This is by far one of the cooler things I've seen to come out of everything that's been happening recently. Oh, no doubt. Um, I mean, reading through this, it's just, it's very cool to see uh, that they're going to have like what they're calling a leadership acceleration program. And it has all these apprenticeships um, established like business incubation programs and focused Mm -hmm. on, you know, providing expertise and resources uh, to African-Americans specifically. Uh, I think it's great. Um, that's such an amazing way to really, uh, you know, promote and, and to 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 really help the African American community to get into this field. And I think it'll be a, an amazing an amazing initiative. And it's not just donating money uh, to a specific fund. It's don- donating money and to create something that will be a thread throughout the bourbon community so i think that's very nice yeah and what better to find like potential employees and things for your own distillery than putting them through basically like a leadership program and then turning around and saying hey we got a you know we got a spot for you over at uncle nearest you want to come on over yeah you'd be you know stupid not to take that <laughs> i mean that'd yeah be no great. doubt speaking of other things that have been created in lieu of uh, the events going on in the world uh, the Black Bourbon Society um, has also uh, created uh, Diversity Distilled, uh, which is super cool. Um, they're going to be working uh, towards uh, hel- helping uh, Black Americans in the um, in the bourbon and uh, whiskey industry uh, in America um, to actually, you know, make more of an impact, uh, create some more. Um, representation and so this this was also on the heels of their their releasing um, a, an open letter as they called it to the bourbon and American whiskey industry um, and there there's a lot of there's a lot of history that bourbon has with black Americans 
Um, slaves honestly built a lot of distilleries and uh, helped with distillation in the early formative years of, of uh, American whiskey in, in bourbon. And what they were basically calling for was distilleries to say something, do something, because largely these faces did uh, stay pretty quiet, especially in the few uh, the first few days of uh, all the riots and um, and the protests going on uh, after uh, the death of George Floyd. And it's it's been a really weird roller coaster um, in the the black bourbon community, um, especially with the black bourbon society uh, who, and we're, we're not going to get into it too much, but they responded to um, a, a an Instagram post uh, that American Barrels had created um, trying to basically encourage the opposite of Blackout Tuesday, um, which happened, I guess, at this point a couple weeks ago. Um, and they handled it very well. And I feel like what... We, we didn't, I don't feel like we thought about what the impact was going to be on black Americans in the bourbon community, in the whiskey community in America. I think that was something that, like, we did not stop and think about in, in the immediacy of everything. But now it's come to our attention that this is an issue that does exist as well in this community. It's not just in the mm -hmm. community... Um, at large, in the American community at large, it is literally happening in the bourbon and whiskey community, too. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting to see how people are responding to that. Uh, the Kentucky Distillers uh, Association um, announced on June 9th uh, that they were going to be uh, taking more action uh, to create diversity and representation uh, on their website, kybourbon.com. They posted an a, a article basically addressing what they were going to do uh, during all this and after all this. Um, and they listed a few of their commitments, quote-unquote. They said, uh, create and fund diversity scholarships and internships in distilling for people of color, women, and other minority groups to build a workforce, workforce rather more reflective of our country's population and culture. Establish an advisory panel with partners outside our industry to work directly with the KDA Board of Directors on developing diversity programs and initiatives and continue to offer more diversity and inclusion training opportunities to educate our members on how to best counter implicit bias and build cultures of inclusion to sustain diverse change. So the Kentucky Distillers Association, of course, is doing their best, I think, to speak for the, the community at large, right? We have seen individual distilleries speak out and say that intolerance is not accepted by, by those that, that work there. Um, but I think that if we're looking for progress, we're looking for change in our community, in, in the industry, this is a good first step. 
and I think that um, you know it, it's it's an issue that definitely permeates all parts of life at this point. So it's it's kind of cool to see the names in in bourbon and whiskey in the industry taking stands like this. How do you, what do you guys think? Do you have anything to add? I'm sorry. I know I talked for a solid like four minutes there, just about <laughs> about what's going on. <laughs> no, I just I do think it's odd that you know even when they were American Barrels was pointed out that maybe they should rethink their position, they doubled down on it. I mean that's just it's just nuts to me. I agree, and and we're not trying to put anybody on blast either. Um, that's not the intention of this. My my point was to highlight the the work that the Black Bourbon Society has done to, yeah. no, to help like, out. I mean, yeah, I mean, as soon as this all started coming into, into play, I was thinking, well, what can I do to not only support local, but also support the black community that's within bourbon? And uh, we looked at two distillers. Yeah, there you go. In, in particular, yep. one of which I ended up buying uh, four bottles <laughs> Uh, immediately and uh, just gave it to a few people to try out um, and then we've got uh, that's the uh, and just to highlight that will you say like mm. what that bourbon is yeah it's uh, Brock Brothers Distillers we uh, yep. we actually got to meet them at Bourbon on the Banks last year I think we tried their product uh, but it was there was quite a bit that day um, going back to it it is extremely different <laughs> you know it's 82 proof non-chill filtered which you don't see a ton of usually it doesn't you know what is it under 94 or something like that it gets a little hazy and it is a little hazy but it's uh it's decent um i really like it there's also the fresh distilling company or fresh bourbon mm-hmm. company i believe that's also a you know black owned well distillery. they're they're, they're kind of up and coming they haven't actually uh put any product out yet um but yeah. of course there is uh uncle nearest for sure uncle nearest um, yeah you know we we've mm-hmm been very very fortunate to get to meet and and, and speak with fawn weaver uh, multiple times for the show and have developed a pretty good relationship yep. uh with them as well and to have a good a great tennessee absolutely. whiskey too absolutely mm-hmm. i know when when we first uh you know tried their whiskey we were <laughs> we, were, we were, were very excited about it and um and it was just a, a great whiskey in general. Uh, the only thing that I, I would probably add is just that um, it, it, this has been a good, a good time to not only reflect on, because when, when these things kind of happen, you kind of sit there and you go, oh, well, that doesn't happen around us or in my you know, field of work or stuff like that. And I think it's a, I think it's a good reflection to be like, no, this does happen. This injustice does happen, and we need to think. And how do we include and really bring uh, and accept everybody with open arms and and create that diversity? So I think it's a great reflection point, um, like you yeah, were saying. And, and to that, you know, there there comes with there comes with that conversation the realization and the understanding that just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. I think that. Yeah. You know, people get kind of caught up in the, well, I've never seen anything like that happen. So, you know, how can it be real? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's yes. a ludicrous argument. You know, of course, of course exactly. it exists in the in the whiskey community. Of course it exists in the bourbon industry. I mean, that's just 
we, it's it's to be expected. But like I said, I didn't take the time to stop and think about that. I mean, I, I was so focused on what was happening everywhere else. And shoot, this is, I mean, it, the podcast is a huge part of my life. I mean, it's not like it's something that I ignore until I record, edit, and then throw it out into the world. I mean, I'm constantly thinking about it. So yeah. it just goes to show how powerful everything else that is happening outside of the bourbon industry is, is that I just, I, I didn't even stop to think for a second about what the impact is internally for us. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's going to be change. I know that things are going to happen and, and there, there are steps that are going to be taken to move forward. But I, I, Applaud and appreciate the folks, not just at the uh, the Black Bourbon Society, but the K Kentucky Distillers Association as well. I think this is, it's very cool to see this happening. It really is. Me too. So, yeah, I think it's a great time, yeah. you know, uh, for, you know, we it's something that we can't really speak on. We've never had to deal exactly. with any of that. Um, and, and so it's time for us to, you know, sit back and mm -hmm. listen and, you know, maybe we have, uh, we start thinking, okay, well, how can we have uh, more inclusion? Maybe we have more of those interviews with, uh, you know, Fawn or, or Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, uh, what was the bourbon again called? We keep saying, we keep kind of bouncing back and forth between broth or bro. Those two. Like, oh, because okay. it's spelled B-R-O-U-G-H. Yeah, and it's not even their full name. I think it's Yarbrough. Yeah, so it's it must be oh, okay. it must be Bro Brothers. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah so maybe that's something we think Absolutely. about too. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm you know, I'm all about um I'm all about that. And I look forward yeah. to those opportunities as well. So uh, we we got to talk about some of the releases uh, as well that have dropped uh, over the past couple of weeks. George Dickel bottled and bond is back, y'all. Yay! Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so last year's release, I was of course the 13-year-old. It won best best whiskey of the year from Whiskey Advocate. We all kind of poo-pooed on it. I will try it. I'll try it. I mean, I'm not adverse. I, I, I don't I don't have such an aversion to it that I don't want to try it. It's just not my favorite thing in the world. You know, we've talked about it ad nauseum, of course. I want to know what the, the age difference tastes like. I want to know what that's like. Yeah, I definitely, you know, I... I definitely liked it. I thought it was a. I thought it was good. It's just I think where we had our contention was you made it the number one, and I we obviously didn't agree with that one. Yep. It's my favorite way to drink popcorn. <laughs> it's it's a, about all I got. It for is it. a lot of popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or you blend it up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, in that spirit, I guess I'll have a little bit just to. Remind myself why I disagree with them. Um. <laughs> uh, it's forty dollars, uh, and it's supposed to be out now, um, but it seems like it's in a little bit more limited quantity uh, than what was uh, around last year. Um, I don't know if it's a buy for me necessarily, but it is something that I would definitely like to try, um, just uh, for comparison's sake. 
Uh, yeah. The next product, Sam Houston, 14-year-old Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Uh, this is a 98 proof. 14 years old, of course, $120. 6,000 bottles. <laughs> uh, it's from an undisclosed distillery in Bardstown. 74% corn, 18% rye, and 8% malted barley. Hmm. That mash bill sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Heaven Hill. Um. <laughs> you know, a 14-year-old Heaven Hill, I'm not too mad about it. I would like to see some extra proof with it, but and, it's still not bad. 120 bucks is a lot, though. True, but if you're looking at Heaven Hill product that's, you know, priced around this, I mean, look at the old Fitzbottom and Bond. That's $10 a year. That's This is under that. That's, that's not untrue. Yeah, I mean, it's... Still, I'm not going to pay $120. I'm going to go to Liquor Barn for a release, realize I'm getting nothing, and then probably buy a pour <laughs> at 7 in the morning. But that's fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, 6,000 bottles, they'll get bought up. Uh, it's also non-chill filtered and apparently bottled in three barrel batches. Okay. <laughs> interesting. Uh, interesting indeed. Um, Devil's River Coffee Bourbon coming from texas uh, this is what like the second coffee bourbon that we've seen come out this year the other one coming from heaven hill um yeah and this is widely available uh non-age stated 80 proof and 27 dollars um mm. it's also sweetened with agave nectar so this is wild <laughs> why do they get to call it bourbon I don't know. I mean, it says, the style says, says flavored whiskey. It says that, but then the bottle also says right on it, coffee bourbon. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the TTB kind tough. of uh, <laughs> dropped the ball on this one, huh? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I'll definitely try it. I've kind of wanted some coffee-infused something. Uh, I'd love to take somebody from Lexington that's in a coffee shop and then have them on to try a few of these, see what they think. <laughs> I love, I love that whiskey advocate says coffee flavored whiskeys appear to be a thing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll, we'll see. Um, especially considering that the release right after that comes from Barista Spirits in Colorado. Um, they are also coffee whiskeys. Um, the proof on them varies, uh, and it's going to be $32 a bottle, but it's only available in Colorado. I am okay with that. <laughs> you can stay over there. That's fine. You keep your coffee-flavored whiskeys. Yeah, uh, this is the part that makes me not want it. They just ruined it for me. Whiskey Advocate said they won't be closely, they they won't closely resemble products like Fireball or Screwball. They just put Fireball anywhere in the article. I'm done. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I do think it's interesting. They have three different releases. They're doing uh, three different based on coffee types. So yes. it looks like an Americano, Aztec, and Mocha, all at different proofs. Uh, so that should be interesting. But what's weird about the Americano, well, really, both of the both the bourbon and the rye, um, I mean, they're still calling them bourbon and ryes, but they're below the proof point where it would be legally considered bourbon or rye. 
Uh, the bourbon is 35.5, so what is that, 70.1? Uh, and then the rye is 36.8. I can't do that math. Um, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I think you're allowed to put bourbon on it if it says infused or flavored with. Really? I mm. think so. Hmm. So this one, all of them say very clearly it is coffee-infused after. Yeah. But the one before doesn't make much sense because it just says Double Rivers Coffee Bourbon and the, it's giant text just right on top. <laughs> but I don't know. I wouldn't mind trying it. I mean, if you're going to give me I a like reason coffee, to, so. to drink at 8 a.m. I mean, yeah, I'll try it, but it's just not... Uh, I just feel there's a big difference between like a coffee stout or coffee in beer and coffee with bourbon. <laughs> That's yeah. Oof. I was not ready for that early times or not. Sorry, not early times. George Dickel. Popcorn. <laughs> Corny. Ugh. Sorry, whiskey advocate. <laughs> no, you're you're good. I'm it's just. I don't know. Coffee bourbon seems like something I would take a huge shot of right before walking into a Denny's. I don't know about that. <laughs> Is that because you can't stand to eat at Denny's or you just like, I don't, what's the correlation there? Yep. That's it. Oh, okay. That's All it. right. Denny's is that bad yeah. for you. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not a big Denny's fan. I mean, honestly, that hurts. I don't, I love Denny's. I prefer Bob Evans. Well, I mean, I think it depends. Does it? Bob Evans' food is definitely better, I would say. However, you can get at Denny's, like, eggs, bacon, pancakes, hash browns, all for, like, four bucks. <laughs> You're not getting that at Bob Evans. But does that make it better, though? <laughs> well, who's to say? <laughs> I'm going to throw right. a curveball in there. Waffle House. No, I'm just kidding. We can. No, we no, can no. Move. I was actually, I no, was actually Waffle about House to say. I was about to say, what we'll do is we'll do a Patreon trilogy episode series where we do Waffle House, Denny's, and Bob Evans, and we'll see which one is the the best bang for your buck. Okay. We'll take we'll take nose palette finish and pride. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we'll go. we'll take like quality into consideration and you know how affordable it is and everything. I think it's I think we could do something like that. It's different. It's fun. I don't think I've yeah, that's cool. ever been in a Waffle House when it's been light outside. So this should be a fun experiment. I have. How was that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think I know. I it was fine. I mean. We went for breakfast. <laughs> like we went for when it was actually intended to be. <laughs> Perry, you were doing Waffle House way wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree. I'm just saying that like I I went for its like intended time to be eaten. I don't whatever. I'm not gonna be it's criticized. Time. I'm not. It's two thirty in the morning. <laughs> that is no. That's been the the cultural development in when it's supposed to be intended. Like, no, that's the only real time. You're supposed to barely make it into the booth and ask for an all star special. That's like. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. All right. I'm not going to be criticized for my, the way that I eat Waffle House. That being said, have waitress- you, ever, you ever had a burger at Waffle House? No. Yes. Slaps, man. Oh, oh <laughs> it's yeah, good it does. stuff. <laughs> I don't even like their coffee, but I asked for everything I drink at Waffle House in one of their mugs because they're just so satisfying. <laughs> You bring me maple syrup in a mug. <laughs> you're you're drinking maple syrup? Yeah, I love Elf. I'm following <laughs> in his footsteps. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's. I guess we'll try to get back on track. I don't know. Um, yeah. We talked a couple weeks ago about the new Pinhook release that is coming out. Their uh, their little Rye <laughs> Vertical series. Um, this is their four-year-old edition, uh, Tiz Rye Time, 46.5% ABV, $45, uh, available in tw- a quantity of 12,561 bottles. So specific. <laughs> um, I will say, we did uh, actually state when we talked about this at first that it was coming from 950 barrels. It's actually 450 um, so it's a smaller yield um, that they're going to be pulling from. Uh, but Whiskey Advocate does says the pinhooks source these barrels from MGP and will blend and bottle about 50 of them each year, uh, starting with this four-year-old batch. And this is going to go uh, from the four years uh, all the way up to 12 years old. So it's out there now. That's about yeah. it. That's it. That's all you got. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> uh, Forgate has also released a new product. Uh, it is their straight rye, seven years old, uh, 56.6% alcohol, uh, and $175. Woo-wee. Um, nice. 1,300 bottles. Um, it's another MGP rye whiskey. Seems like there's a lot of MGPs floating out there. <laughs> Yeah, I got a question. Have you guys seen anything from Old Carter this year? Whoa. No, I haven't seen a single thing from Old Carter. Yeah, I noticed a lot of their products last year didn't do so hot because just I, I saw them around quite a bit, and generally limited stuff like that is gone. But I've not heard anything from them this year. I'd be curious to see what they're up to. I might have to reach out to Mark and Sherry. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Thank you for for bringing that to my attention, Swan. Let me let me remind myself. I'm just thinking like things in this price range that I enjoyed. I got to try. We could barely open the sample bottle because they sealed it so tight. But the 27 year American whiskey <laughs> that they did, ooh, buddy, that thing was nice. And I just was thinking things I'd prefer to have at around that price. But I don't know. I wouldn't mind trying it again. That's probably gonna be a liquor barn waiting in line type scenario for me. I get the feeling, Swan, that it's going to be a liquor barn behind the glass case scenario. Oh, see, that's just... We can't buy from that case without uh, getting permission first. (laughs) From whom? The fiancé or from liquor barn themselves? My wallet talks to me. (laughs) You got to consult your financial advisor. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I... I mean, it's a seven-year-old MGP rye, um, which, look, Swan, I brought over the, the Dickel rye for you to try today. It's, it's 90 proof. It's about the same proof 
uh, as this one. Oh, I'm not not quite. I take that back. This is about what, like 112, 113. Um, yeah. But I mean, even still, I don't know. I don't know. Let me put it this way: Would you rather have a uh, new riff rye single barrel or this mm. for the pricing? Uh, for the price, probably new riff, but I also don't. Kn- I mean, as far as quality, I've never had the, this this particular rye. Yeah. So it's just a four year old rye, you know, cash strength. Just at what forty fifty bucks compared to one hundred seventy five. It just yeah. seems like a no brainer. Yeah. But I don't know. Somebody's probably started their collection. Needs them all. Can't blame them. Go for it. Go for it. I I want to talk about this last I <laughs> this last release too, because um, I don't know what this would actually taste like. This is basically a like a combination of a gin and a bourbon. Did they age gin? N- no. Uh, Maybe? No. No. I'm, it's a it's honest. a three year old whiskey that has been uh, infused with botanicals. So this is from forty this is from well it's okay, it's from Canada. Um Ah, that's why. It's oh hey man. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's a Forty Creek distillery, I think. It's called the Forager. Um it's only in Can- it's only available in Canada. Um, about twenty six bucks U.S. thirty five Canadian eighty proof, um, but it's been infused with juniper berries, Labrador tea, spruce tips, mugwort, and sweet fern, uh, and it's steeped for forty eight hours. So they made tea with a base of whiskey, basically. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. I yeah, and, and Whiskey Advocate says the spirit isn't actually whiskey because there's no rule that uh, allows added botanicals. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I I, I would know. I would be in. So I like gin. I really <laughs> do like gin. I've actually been in the mood recently for gin and tonics. So mm. I would definitely be interested in trying this. This would probably be the the perfect bridge. Of like, and if you're drinking, if you're drinking a, <laughs> if you're drinking a bourbon and tonic, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. But like, if you're looking for that kind of sweet spot between the two, like a, like a gin and tonic and a bourbon and tonic, which again, why are you doing that to yourself? Yeah. Um, it, it, that could be it though. <laughs> Not the bourbon and tonic, but this whiskey and tonic, yeah. <laughs> or whiskey base and added. I I <laughs> I would try this tonic. We've got you know what we've got friends up in Canada. Maybe we should ask them if they could. Can we really? I would. I'd be I all would about love it, to man. just try it. I'd be all about it. Yeah. I, I I tell you who else would like it after she's done being pregnant. Um, this is my <laughs> wife. <laughs> Well, there Isn't we go. After she's popped that thing out, we'll get her some whiskey. <laughs> what a weird way to say after she's given birth. Yeah. After she's done being pregnant. <laughs> like once she's moved on <laughs> from that face. I like the idea of you walking downstairs and just be like, are you done with this yet? Can we be finished? <laughs> Can we just stop this? 
There's a fast forward button on this. It's taking so long. <laughs> it's not a phase, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> this, I don't know, man. Just everything it's infused with sounds like a recipe from a Harry Potter spell. I don't, I'm, I think I might be good But that's on this the thing, one. though. Like, all of those are classic ingredients that you would find in a gin. So... <laughs> I'd try it. I'd, I'm interested in trying it. I would like to. But I love the, <laughs> the reference to Harry Potter because it's it perfect. really does. Perfect. The Labrador tea. <laughs> you did what to Labrador what? now? Yeah. Oh, my Super. goodness gracious. All right. So there are... J.K. Rowling would love this. I don't want to talk about J.K. at this moment. Um... <laughs> I agree. <laughs> So we do have a few TTB labels to run through as well. There's only really four, uh, as far as we're concerned, um, that we wanted to talk about. Very Old St. Nick uh, has a resurrection bourbon coming out. Oh, man, I bet it's going to be expensive. <laughs> yeah, their stuff is not, not Ain't cheap. cheap. Ain't no. cheap, man. <laughs> I, I've actually never seen somebody open one of these. I haven't either. They just hold on to it. Yeah. So this is a 12 year old product. And for anybody who doesn't really know about uh, very old St. Nick, uh, I believe that it used to be produced at the preservation distillery, which I don't think actually exists anymore. Um, and it seems like it's been taken on by another distillery in Bardstown. I'm not exactly sure. It says right here, preservation distillery, LLC, 426 Sutherland Road. Oh, look, it says com. Look at that. Yeah. So I guess it is still being produced by, by preservation. Um, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a chance that, you know, as, as far as like resurrection goes, I mean, who's to say whether or not it's actually going to be of the same quality as, you know, what it used to be. People used to fawn over these products. People loved very old Saint Nick. That was one of those in the same in the same uh, group as like Black Mabel Hill. Um, when, once people kind of caught wind of how big the bourbon boom was getting, they bought up these products. So I don't know, man. I, I'm interested to see, and I have no experience with the old products either. But I am ex- I'm interested to see how they might compare between the two. Yeah, and also it says on the back that it's non-chill filtered, so that's fine. Yes. And it's definitely a blend of sorts because it says a marriage and harmony of richness. But the thing that I don't get is it says uh, in each minuscule release of VOSN ancient cask. I don't know what that is. Very old St. Nick ancient cask? Ah, gotcha. Makes sense. (laughs) Just a little bit... Little bit little bit above there, Swan. Yeah. yeah. No, it's 103.2 proof. Um, I imagine that this is gonna be probably in the $150 range. Um, if not more, maybe closer to 200 I don't know. More info on that to come. This next one, though, this is really cool. This is the first uh whiskey product that has come out in support of coronavirus relief. It is an MGP rye whiskey it's called recovery mm-hmm. uh and i believe what did i put in the notes that it's uh five percent of the profits are going to um, five dollars is donated to support bartenders for five dollars five dollars per bottle i apologize i thought I, I don't know why i thought it was uh 
Uh, oh, look, it says $5 right on the back of the bottle, too. Um, yeah, good. Uh, it doesn't have an age statement, um, but it is, uh, it also doesn't of course. Have a proof. Uh, yeah, it does. 90 proof. Yeah, but on the back here, it says cash strength. Every bottle of master is, is a pick, I guess. Bourbon is cash strength, undiluted after the maturation process, and every cask has a unique proof. Huh. So I guess that's subject to change. What? Where do you see that? It's on the back label. Which, as far as the age oh, statement. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. We hold also on, have on. an age statement, don't we? Hold on. You talk about it on the back of the recovery, Rye? Yeah. Is there an updated label I'm not seeing? I just opened the link you sent me. It's got the big bird on the front? Yep. It says 90 proof in the bottom right-hand corner? Yeah, but then the back label in text, it says cash strength every bottle. I don't see the cash strength. I'm not seeing that at all, dude. Let Let me send you the... Yeah, please. I don't know what you're talking about. I am seeing that it 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 has like a an age statement, like aged, and then a blank months for writing in. I'll send you a, a picture of what I'm seeing as well, just so you know what's going on. Swan, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I just send it to your phone so you can see it. I don't see anything about. This is a different... You're looking at a different one. The recovery? Yeah, dude, you're looking at the master pick. Wait, why is mine... I kid you not. I have recovery on the front label and then back has the master pick. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> let us let me try to refresh this. Yeah, let's reopen those. Uh... <laughs> Completely different. Completely different. <laughs> I love the TCB website. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> How did that happen? I have no idea. I was just like, what the hell are they talking about? $5? <laughs> it's not on the back. It's right here. <laughs> anyway, so it's 90 proof. <laughs> it's 90 proof. All right. Well, we got that straightened out. Thanks, Juan, for uh, jumping ahead just a little bit to the master pick. <laughs> but I do think it's kind of cool. At least they have the age statement on the back there. Yeah, yeah I do like that. That is true. Yeah, I mean, it, it will be interesting to see what those those bottles that actually is. wind up uh, mm-hmm. wind up looking like. Um, so the, this next one is called the master pick. Uh, pick is spelled P-I-C-K-E. Uh, it's a 15 year old uh, MGP bourbon. Uh, that has been finished in Cabernet barrels. Uh, th- this is really cool. I'm excited <laughs> about this. Yeah. I am too. I can't think of another Cabernet finished bourbon. That Jefferson's did one, but maybe not. Definitely not it. I haven't seen one that's aged at 15 years. Uh, yeah, especially no. at that age. No. That Usually they stick to just keeping it, you know, specifically mm-hmm. bourbon with no finished. That is true. That is true. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. So we will certainly find out. But the last one, though, oh, my goodness. I am a little bit excited for this one, you guys. I'm excited as well. <laughs> With an getting, asterisk. 
Oh, there's an asterisk there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is a 12-year-old Knob Creek bottled at cast strength. I can't imagine anything that I just said would have put an asterisk. Uh, Kurt, so I'm going to let you take the floor here and explain to me why you're not convinced about this. One. Okay, so I guess it's a little bit of, oh, I'm, I'm super excited and I'm pumped and that I think that being able to get this bottle will be great. Here's my little asterisk is you used to be able to find, you know, when like specific store picks. You could like the store picks would specifically be like, oh, this has been aged 12 years for at, you know, 100 and uh, around that proof, 117, 112 kind of proof. And will this take away from some of the uh, store picks that we've seen? It's been taken away from the store picks. Has it? Yeah. No, the the store picks went from like you could easily find 13, 14, sometimes 15 year picks. Yeah, that's what I meant. To recently, like the highest I've seen come out has been like 10, 11. In prep for this, maybe? This has been going on since they they put out just the regular age-stated 12 Knob Creek, the one that was just the 100-proof one. Oh, okay. I've seen a huge decline since then. Not that they're impossible to get. I mean, I'm sure they still offer up some like older picks when you go, but it's going to depend on the person doing the pick, I think. Gotcha. Well, maybe I'm behind on the times then because uh, that was my only asterisk was I was like, well. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, right, cool. I, I, I did just see a 15-year Knob Creek pick in Lexington. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen any in a while. Most of the ones that like Liquor Bar and Total Wine have been doing have been like nine, almost ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Excuse me. Well, that does it for the news this week. Um, Kurt, appreciate you being back here, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, we'll we'll get you back on when we have drinks for you as well. Definitely, yeah. All right, everybody, that does it for Curtis this week. Uh, we appreciate you being on here, man. Thank you so much for dropping back in, and congratulations as well again on being married. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> and uh, I will uh, see you guys later. All right. Sounds good, Ben. All right. Later. Bye-bye. All right, Swan, you ready to do a little bit of reviewing? I am ready. Oh, I'm ready, too. Let's do it. So Swan does not know uh, what either of these products are. Um, I wanted to... I wanted to get these to him blind. Um, But I think... I think you're going to like them. Uh, And, of course, everybody who's listening to the show already knows... Uh, what they are, unless you, for some reason, go into the episode without reading the description, which, (laughs) is that really you, Swan? You do that? Interesting. Yeah. I usually just leave it on autoplay, so it'll download it, and then it'll just go to the next thing. So. Uh, So we've got two samples. I just had uh, Swan label them A and B. Ab. Ab. Indeed. What do you think about the nose on A? It's light. It's fruity. It doesn't seem to be super ethanol heavy. Granted, I do have this in a in a New Orleans, so there may be some things kind of getting filtered out. See, I'm picking up a little bit more of the, the ethanol on there, and I honestly am not getting much lightness to it either. I'm getting a little more of the ethanol, but it's still pretty light once I do get into the 
the actual nose of it. Yeah. I'm getting kind of just like honey and fruit. Not much past that. Oh, I'm getting spice notes for sure. Oh, no, spice is on the palate. This oh, drinks yes. like either a rye or a high rye bourbon. Oh, there's a lot of spice on that palate. There is. It is forward. Woo-wee. I don't know about that finish. I like the palate. I like the palate. I think the, I think the, the spice is heavy. There are some fruit notes layered in, but it's kind of like you accidentally put a little too much cinnamon in like an apple pie or something, which I'm fine with. I'm not, uh, I'm not picking up what you're putting down about the finish there. I like the finish a lot. The finish is like, it has that length that I, I enjoy, but it had like a weird little sour twinge to it. I don't know. It I went weird for a second there on me. Oh, I'm kind of seeing what you're getting. And it may be that it's hitting a flavor profile I don't enjoy. It's like a... Kind of like a lemon sourness. And see, I don't really like lemons. That's, I mean, that's totally fair. I just, it's not like... It's it's not adversely affecting me. I would say. I, I like this quite a bit. Very herbal. Mm-hmm. As well, like transition between the palate and the finish. It's pretty herbal. Where would you feel like the proof is on this one? Uh, it's deceiving. So with the rye, it makes me think that it's a little lower than I think it's going to be. I'd probably place this like 100 to 105, maybe like 108 max. Gotcha. I do like it, though. I like it, too. The herbal is a little off-putting. For me, not liking tea or like a lemon tea, but it's one of the better herbal ones that I've had. So I, I don't know. It's different. Yeah. Uh, well, should we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, actually give our scores for this one if you would like to. Yeah, sure. I'm going to give the nose uh, personally a 3.5. Okay. Um, I'm going to go two and a half. Whoa. On this one. Uh, that's yeah. fair. I think the Norlin might actually be killing a little bit of that for you. Mm-hmm. But I, I can like in that situation, I can understand uh, why you would be feeling that way. I think that in the Glencairn, um, it's actually got a lot more to offer. Let's let's go with three. We'll just do a middle ground. Sure, yeah. You know, maybe a change of glass there yeah. would, would help it. Um, palette wise, I enjoy the palette. The palette. You gotta be ready for it. It'll hurt you if you're not ready for it. But I, I think it's good. I'm gonna give this one a three and a half. I actually gave it a three point seven five. I like the it because it does definitely build on what the nose is presenting. But the little bit of the extra kick, um, there's a roundness kind of on the back end of the palate as well. I'm getting so much of this, um, like on the front and middle of my tongue. It's just, it's like sitting. <laughs> it's really sitting there. Um, I will kind of agree with you. I think the finish might be the weak point in this, but even still, I don't dislike. I just think that it's not, it's not quite up to 
par with the rest of it. I'm going to give yeah, it a three. I mean, yeah, I gave it a three as well. I, I think, and I see what you're getting at. It doesn't feel cohesive. feels like it, it needs to be a little more in tune with the nose, the palate. The finish is not bad by any means. It's just not it's just the direction a kind of a diversion. I wanted to take. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm not going to tell you what the actual product is yet. I'm also not going to tell you the price. Um, okay. I want us to dive into uh, sample B before we get to that. Okay. So with that being said, let's move on. Ooh. Okay. This is really different. Oh. It's like... It's almost antique smelling. Yeah. I'm getting like a dusty corn, but not in like a young way. Yeah. The proof seems a little more, you know, there with the nose on this one. I think it's fruity, man. I think it's got a fruit of a real good fruit note to it. See, the last one was giving me more like apples, lemons, kind of light. This one's giving me like, uh, oh, you know what it reminds me of? Have you ever had the, the Fig Newtons? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's totally what it is on the nose. It's like 100%. darker. Yeah. Oh, the color is beautiful. It is substantially darker than sample A. Oh, yeah. And I, I know I have a little bit less in my glass of uh, sample A than I do sample B, but even so. Oh, I'm just looking at uh, at this. I mean, you can even see the difference in that. I mean, it's just, it's a totally different color. All right, I'm going in for the. I think you should. That's it. That is it. I got the warm fuzzies. Yeah, that's a that's a warm fuzzies bourbon. That reminds me Ooh. of a weird middle ground between Bakers and Bookers. Bakers and interesting. It's got kind of that weird, not super nutty profile, but it's it's darker. It leans a little darker, kind of like a. Those Fig Newtons are like a dark chocolate. I um, think you hit the nail on the head with the Fig Newtons. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think I, I think that Newtons. is I don't mind them either, but I think that's like 100 percent the main flavor pro or the main flavor note on the on the palate. Mm-hmm. That being said, though. Pff, it's got layers, man. <laughs> it It has layers to go. And honestly, this is so viscous look uh-huh. at the legs i mean it is just insane it hangs out in a minute where you where you had the the bourbon and then it finally starts to make some leg oh the more you chew on it too mm-hmm. it gets like graham crackery it actually kind of starts getting into s'mores territory on the on the finish as you kind of like chew it a little bit and and mm-hmm. let it kind of rest and i mean there's not a there's not a big hug with it but it is it is very satisfying <laughs> it is 
I'm going to say that this one is around 115. Okay. If I had to make a guess uh, on something that it reminds me of, it would be the Old Forester uh, 1920. Okay. It's got a few of the notes in there that I, I kind of remember. From. Sure. Then taste Brown Foreman, though. I have no idea. That one's got me stopped. I have no <laughs> idea what distillery. Mm. I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it a whole lot. I, I gave it a 3.75 on the nose. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm close to you there, but not entirely. Um, I think that it's, it's definitely got more to it uh, than the, the previous one. Um, not substantially more, but it's still for me just like kind of slightly more enjoyable. I'll, right? I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah. I think, the, uh, the overall experience is better on this one. I, I totally agree. I think that the palette is by far the highlight of this whiskey. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would, I would agree with that. I've actually got mine being on par. So my nose was a three and a half. My my palate's going to be a four. I, I really like the palate. I gave I gave the palate a four point five. Yeah, and then my my finish is a is a four. The finish well. is four for me as well. Yeah, I I like this a lot better than the first one. I will say both of them at times gave me some weird reason to believe that maybe they were a little younger than I thought they were. Like they had just a slightly young note just somewhere in there. It wasn't like the whole thing where you get like a, you know, this is straight up corn. This is moonshine that sat in a barrel for a few minutes. It took a time out. Uh, this is definitely, they both got some age on them, but I don't think they're super old. Sure. Are you ready for the details? Yeah, hit me with the prices first. We'll get the whole we'll get the whole lineup on it before we we get the names. So, which one do you want to know the price of first? Uh, I want to know A. A is about fifty five dollars. Okay. I gave it a three point five. I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Hit me with B. What we got? It's going to give it away, Swan. Mm, okay. B is $175. Yikes. It was good, but it is not good enough to justify that. I'm going to give this one a 2.5. I gave it a 3.75. Mm, Honestly, okay. I might give it a... I don't know. I'll give it a 3. But that's I'll, as far as I'll I'm give it a three point five. I'm gonna give it a three point five. It's a lot of mm -hmm. money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. So, based on all of this, do you have any guesses what we have? Uh, if I had to guess, the second one would be a, uh, it'd be a Kentucky Owl. Okay. Any guess on the first one? The first one? No. <laughs> Not in the slightest. <laughs> Listeners, you know what's going on here. I am super excited, Swan, to let you know that you just had the two newest products 
from the Wild Turkey Distillery. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Sample A was rare breed rye. Sample B was the 17-year bottled and bond master's keep. All right. See, that makes me wonder what kind of weird young note I got somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it's just the dusty corn. I just associate corn with young. I'm not entirely sure where you were picking that up either, or mm-hmm. why, for that matter. Um, but that being said, <laughs> I, you had no idea what these were going into it. No, I had no clue. Um, the rare breed rye, or I'm sorry, yeah, the rare breed rye. I gotta be honest, I'd rather have rare breed. That's a great addition to their line, but it's not something I'm gonna reach for. I think I would rather have rare breed bourbon as well, but I I still like it. I still yeah. like it quite a bit. I would be interested in doing not necessarily a blind flight, but kind of a like comparison flight mm-hmm. between this uh turkey 101 rye and uh the russell's single barrel rye okay and even the 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 small batch rye as well the six year mm-hmm. um i just think it would be a, a, interesting to compare uh all four of those products back to back um because i mean those that's it from turkey that's the only uh, uh rye products that they have I'd be more interested in putting this blind up against Pikesville. Really? Yeah. Roughly same price point, same proof point. Just kind of throw it together, see what we get. I'd I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, it just, I don't know. I mean, it's good. I don't. You're just, just not don't. impressed by it. No, and, and we've gone over this before. You know, anytime we start getting into those herbal notes, you just kind of lose me a little bit. So maybe this just one is just not for me, which is fine. Um, I, I still ranked it pretty good because I can tell that, like, it's of quality, you know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. This second one, man. <laughs> the bottles and bonds are really good, dude. <laughs> I wish I would have ranked it. I wish I would have ranked it a little higher knowing what it was, but I want to keep it true. It's just, it's really good. The well, that's, Newton thing. I, I, that's, that's the point behind doing these blind. I, I wanted you to try these without really knowing what they were. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, first off, you had no clue that I was even going to, you know, bring these within the vicinity of your house. Um, True. <laughs> for you to yeah. try. So I just, I figured we may as well do them <laughs> in this setting. Mm-hmm. So I I think I think this is about as honest of a review as we could give. I know that I gave the same price score for both, but I think that that's kind of in regards to their quality. You know, I I, yeah. I, I think that when you take everything into account, um, that it, it's okay for them to like. There, you could easily give a great bottle and bond product from Heaven Hill at twelve dollars a five, you know, if it's just out of this world great. But if a Kentucky Owl bourbon is the best it's ever been, and at three hundred dollars, you're never going to find a better bourbon, and it's a five. I mean, I feel like that's that's fairly reasonable. It's not ideal necessarily, but it is. Yeah. You know, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, it's 
It's good. I don't think I'm going to hunt down the 17 here because it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's good, but there's things I would rather, I would rather have that are coming out this year. Um, I can't get over how viscous it is though. I mean, it's, it is. Yeah. That there is, this is the definition of Kentucky chew. Like <laughs> that is what you have to do with it. I don't know. And I was so off on the proof on, on you had them really reversed. both of them. Do you notice yeah. that? You had them exactly yeah. reversed. Which is strange. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the rye definitely, like, it's hard. It punches you with the rye. Like, oh, wild turkey sure. is not not shy about, about their rye. They want you to know the rye's present. Their bourbon, though, when you start getting this ultra-age stuff, it is just like, anytime over 15, it just starts getting different. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is hard to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think I got confused, because... I took the spice in the back, the barrel spice, that kind of like, you know, really aged barrel influence and thought, oh, this is proof. You know, like I, I thought it was additional proof. It's just, it's old. Do you think that it would have benefited from not being so old? No, I don't think you would have gotten some of those like just s'mores, fig, Newton kind of notes. I mean, I'm glad they put it out when they did. Anything the Russells put out, I'm not going to question it, man. Yeah. Yeah. They do a good job. They know what they're doing. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, this tastes remarkably close to the Master's Keep revival without the influence of, of the sherry cask. I was, I was thinking that. I didn't want to say it to influence what your... <laughs> your response would have been to it, mm-hmm. but it definitely does have a similar, very, very similar qualities to the Oloroso finished. Uh, it does. I think the finish is really where it kind of shows its difference because mm-hmm. they finished that bourbon, but legitimately it shows up more on the finish that Oloroso cask. Yep. I agree. I don't know. It's good. It's good. I gave uh, the first one, Rare Breed Rye, the 12 and a half, and then I gave the 17 year 14 and a half. I gave the Rare Breed Rye a 13.75, uh, mm-hmm. and I gave the 17 year Bottom and Bond a 15.75. I think, Thanks. honestly, I feel like they're both buys. Um, I, I know that one is significantly more expensive than the other, mm-hmm. but I think it's got a lot of great value and quality to it. Absolutely. Um, I will say I am super excited to try this rare breed rye in a cocktail. Oh, heck yeah. Absolutely. I Standout proof. I think it'd be good. Yeah. That does it for the review. We got tips and bits to do. As well. What are you I'm recommending this week's one? Stealing one from you. From me? From a long time ago. <laughs> so Great. I just got Xbox Game Pass. It's basically like Netflix for video games. Um, one of the games on there I saw and I was like, Perry recommended this forever ago. Let me try it out. Untitled Goose Game. Oh. I have... <laughs> I have not been able to stop playing it. I pull it so up and just fun, terrorize people, man. It is so good. <laughs> and I did the perfect thing. And for anybody that's played the game, you'll you'll know. There's a thing at the very... I'm not going to ruin it. There's a thing at the very, very beginning 
where if you kind of look over a ledge, you can see something. I didn't look over. So the ending was just that much more, you know, like powerful, I guess. Not right. that a goose running around with something is powerful by any means, but it just <laughs> it all clicked. I just had a good laugh. It was fantastic. I, I have this weird habit of if I if I'm playing video games, I'm playing like five at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I've not actually finished Untitled Goose Game yet. Um but it's still like very much on my my radar. Um, but daggum, that game's so much fun. <laughs> it is. It is. I beat it uh, like in probably forty five minutes. I just I could not Jeez. stop. I just ran through the whole thing. <laughs> You're getting a switch soon too, right? Trying to, yeah. If uh, I can even find one, put back a little bit. My phone died this morning, so I had to get a new phone. So. Oh yeah, that's right. But uh, it's fine. When I find one again, I'll buy it. But they've kind of stopped producing them temporarily. Uh, it'll it'll pop back up again soon. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I have been spending a lot of time on my Switch, though. Um, it, it took me... A, like, I, I know that I talked about it forever ago. But I have recently been playing more of Cuphead. Mm-hmm. Um like it, it took me watching somebody else play it to understand exactly how to play it or like some of the strategy behind it. But it's very difficult. It is insanely difficult, man. I was not prepared for the intensity of that game. But once mm-hmm. I once I got into it, I mean, it's so much fun. Yeah, and it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's fun to play, but it is difficult. Like, I, I find myself... That's one of those games where I play it for 30 minutes, and I'm like, need a break, can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I wait 30 minutes, and then I go right back to it. Oh, yeah. it's it's very much one of those games where you... Like, even if you die 35 times in a row, you're like, I've got to do it. i got to get... To, i got to beat this boss. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm actually starting to get into games a little more frequently that are... I don't want to say old style, but more of like the Donkey Kong style where it's like you start like like platformers. No, more of side scrolling. So they've kind of gotten away from this trend in video games where they they used to just like you'd start and go as far as you can and then you'd fail and then you'd start over and you would do that again. Yeah, it's all been like just infinite story. You die, you go back to a checkpoint, just like playing things on hard mode, I guess, just kind of playing around with it. If you die, start over. I'm just been having fun with that. Makes it so much more intense. I started a game of Fallout 4, and I was like, if I die, I'm starting over. And I made it to like four or five ta- towns in, and finally just got just just got destroyed. <laughs> couldn't couldn't make it. I also started a book this week. Um, it was recommended to me by a friend. Uh, it's called An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. Uh, it's by Hank Green, hmm. um, the brother of John Green, the author of... Um, the Fault in Our Stars and uh, those other kind of sappy teenager books, but this is definitely not a teenager style. But it's not like young adult. It, it it's got some like supernatural aspects to it, but it is really good. I'm I'm only like a couple chapters in, but it is phenomenal. He's supposed to have a uh, a sequel that's coming out. It's either here soon or it's already out. I can't remember for sure. Um, but 
buddy of mine told me that I had to read it and I was like, well, I'm going to do just that. Um, and it's, it was worth it. It was worth it. So it was totally worth it. I got a second tips and bits. Are you ready for this? I you am a hundred percent ready for this. Two in one week. <laughs> uh, did you, so you've, you've seen flagship movies such as the legend of Ron Burgundy, Talladega Nights, super bad pineapple express, all those. Oh yeah, of course. That guy just put out a new movie. So what's his name? Oh, Afton, the King of Staten Island. Yeah, I have not watched it yet. I want to so badly. I love Pete Davidson. Same. So I watched it. I will say it is a fantastic movie. I just wish it was thirty minutes shorter. Mm. That's about it. That's my only wow. criticism. I mean, it's there's just there's things that could be cut out that I think would still be a super compelling story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that it is a fantastic movie. It is one of the most heartfelt movies I've seen that that guy make. Because uh, a lot of them are just slapstick humor, doing some crazy sure. things with a nice story arc. At the end, you got some closure. This one's a little different. You maybe don't get the same kind of closure that you wanted with some of the other movies. And then also, it's very sentimental, uh, which is nice. Yeah. But highly, highly recommend watching it. It's, I, am, it's I mean, it. I'm definitely going to try to do that over the next few days. It, it's been on my, you know, kind of watch list or need to watch list for a yeah. while. So. They're still doing that like direct to home movie theater thing where you pay like I've seen them out for a rental, but you mm-hmm. know you'd be paying that at a movie theater. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna definitely allow that second oh. tips and bits there. Yeah, <laughs> worth it. <laughs> worth it. Alrighty. Well, I think that does it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening, as you always do every single week. Please continue. Sharing, listening, downloading, as you always do. Uh, Before next week's episode, though, if you want to follow us on social media, Swan, where can they do that for you? I'm on Facebook and Instagram at MyBourbonFinder. And I am at PRitter1492 on all social media channels. You can follow the show itself, though, at MyBourbonPod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on the iTunes podcast app. And if you do just that, we will actually read it out on the show because we appreciate everybody uh, who does try to push the show up in the iTunes charts. That is the best way uh, for that to happen. Uh, if you're searching for bourbon podcasts uh, or food, even we're, we're in the food category, which, you know, I guess it makes sense. I don't really know, <laughs> but you can leave us a, a, a review. It's super easy. You just scroll down from the main podcast uh, page uh, and you just leave a rating and review. And like I said, We'll, we'll read it out here on the show. You can send questions or comments to this is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. You can send your questions or comments to this is my bourbon shop at gmail.com, but you can also leave us a voicemail at 859-428-8253 for our barrel rings segment, which happens every now and then, but it is fun to hear from uh, those of you who listen to the show every week. Uh, and we will listen to that voicemail on air and will respond to it and it's it's kind of a fun time I enjoy mm-hmm. it. uh you can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com and then last but not least you become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month 
and you get bonus content like our pregame chats, which uh, come out every Tuesday before the main episodes drop uh, in your regular podcast feed. Uh, you also get bonus episodes every month at the $5 tier, and you get some other exclusive perks. You can check all those out once again at patreon.com slash podcast. Thank you all so much for listening, uh, and thanks again for Curtis being here for a little bit. I'm excited to get him back in. Uh, on a more regular basis. I think that does it for this week, though, Swan. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, we'll that's see. all we got, man. <laughs> that's it. I'm I'm done. I'm out. That's all, folks. <laughs> I don't think we can say that. That's going to get us sued. Uh, great. Well, before the lawyers come in, we'll see you next week. But until then, I'm Perry. And I'm Swan. And this is my bourbon podcast. Bourbon.